Welcome to the Radical Traveler Podcast, coming at you from Hue City, Vietnam. What's up, everybody? My name is Brad Hirsch. My Vietnamese name is Bao. I've been traveling the world for close to 20 years here. Yo fui a Lima, Peru, como voluntario y aprendí castellano. Desde ahí, decidí que quería aprender la lengua portuguesa. Sería mi próxima aventura. Uchula se cutanghua, uchula Taiwan y gaye. Uchula todo italiano, autónomamente para. Pompa y prata tai fukat muy tailao. And I feel like I'll be here for the rest of my life. My every morning starts with a 2-2-2 plan. Heck, yay! I thought about him. I like cafe. Two bottles of beer. The biggest secret to success. Happy wife. Happy life. I'll be in this beautiful city forever. Zooming into a sit-down with Brother Sam. He's a legend, a self-made man, fluent in Vietnamese, introspective whilst outward good-looking, a true one percent. That cunt be outdone. We're having lunch at the Floating Lotus. The crowds of people you'll hear in the background are not fake. It's one in the afternoon and they're getting after it. Likewise, we're about a half case deep. Nevertheless, you'll notice the recurring theme here, time. We get into a lot of topics. First, what are the two opposite mindsets of traveling? What's the biggest danger of a bucket list? How to accidentally neglect being present in the moment? Don't just fly over the jungle and call it green. We also reveal the biggest secret to deeply enjoying your travels. Just slow down, my friends. That's it. What's the dark side of using TripAdvisor? How to pack light, be agile, and buy things on the go? Then we get much more introspective and talk about how Sam has changed as a person, including his entire mindset and attitude about time, his point of view on vocation, careers, and work, how his cost of living changed his view, his approach to networking with people, socializing, dropping barriers, and true friendship. Finally, we reveal the secret to lifelong success in Vietnam. As a hint, just meet a lot of people. If you think you can get by and skip the people, you can't. So crack open a cold one and join me for a sit down with Sam, shaping a new mindset. TV Hello, everybody. How's it going? Yep. Uh, another delightful episode. Now, we were just talking about the ideas of traveling, in particular, the different styles of traveling. The quick once through, pass through the city, pass through the country, I got 10 days, gotta make it happen, on one end of the gamut, and on the other end, kicking back and relaxing for six months. They're two different worlds, you know, yeah, really. Two very different mindsets on uh, how you travel, mm -hmm. definitely. So, so Sam, what's your story? Um, I've been living here in Hawaii for, in Hawaii, Vietnam, for about a year and a half now, roughly. Um, by chance, had no plan to come here. One-way ticket, out of home again, and just 
in the lap here by chance, which sort of ties in with uh, with my mindset on traveling and and how to do it. Oh yeah, what you mean is just get a one-way ticket sometimes. Just you know? go, you... just go and try and land on your feet. Sure. Land in the deep end. Oh, well, and that sort of happened too. Well, actually, it did happen. You got a job uh, within, independently. Within seven days. Within seven days, I had a. And mind you, I was not so much nervous coming here, but I had no plans. I had no income. I had no plan. I had no family. I didn't. I had friends here scattered across the country, but I wouldn't really say they were, you know, of any help to me. So I came here with nothing, basically. And yeah, yeah, you can make it work. You can make it work. Hey, buddy. Yep. Hey, buddy. <laughs> Yeah, when I first came here, I um, I didn't want to obviously hop into contracts and this and that. No, I just came specifically the first month to do nothing and just relax and drink beer and eat food. Uh, if you're planning on a long-term trip, definitely you got to put in some cushion when you first get here. And I yeah. think that's, that's kind of what we're talking about. For people that only have a 10-day trip here, one minor thing that people just forget is that they're humans. What that means is there's a degree of adjustment that a human has got to go through when you change environment, change food, change your salt intake, change your sleep schedule, change the weather, change, you know, you're going to get sick. You're going to, you're going to need a week to chill and to just get used to it all, you know? So that's one big thing I would say when you're wanting to come to Vietnam, plan on at least a week to just chill, chill. Yeah, what you say? Yeah, definitely. And uh, I think like, if you're coming to a country like Vietnam, which uh, similar to America, people say it's like many different countries within a country, which is so true. Different cultures, different food, different dialects, different behavior, everything changes, different scenery. Everything mm -hmm. everything in the book changes. So um, yeah, you sort of need to figure out, uh, in my opinion, if you, like how much time can you really allocate to coming here? How much time can you truly allocate? And if it is just 10 days, then you need to really sort of, uh, about how you want to do it because the majority of people right now are traveling in this country and probably all over the world in the wrong way in my opinion uh, just trying to tick off their bucket list right yep the tick 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 yep. tick tick just tick. trying to see as many as many things as they can in a short period of time and not actually be present and enjoy anything um, well yeah you brought up the example of being in a, a taxi cab and then taking ten, doing 10 photo ops you know along a, a yeah, trip yeah, yeah exactly right? exactly just having a bucket list uh, for the day and going and ticking off the bucket list, but not really enjoying anything, not spending any time anywhere that you're actually going to see. Not just, even just like being present without getting, without being introspective, not being present at where you are. Right. You know what I mean? Right, right. Whether, oh, yeah. Whether it be some entertainment or whether it's a sightseeing place or whether it's a historical place, which I think present, being present is more important than mm -hmm. personally. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah. Yeah, certainly. Like, uh, I get a lot of folks who are like, to pick one end of the gamut um i've had folks ask me the question like well brad you know uh we've got 14 days in vietnam and we want to see 15 cities and which includes well do the math like 10 15 bus tickets train tickets plane tickets they have ferry rides you know you name it and it's just out of hand and i'm just thinking to myself gosh the, the maximum amount of time you're in any one location is 18 hours you know nine of that is sleeping you know uh, a couple of that is um uh, food and then a bunch of hours of that is planning your next trip you know where you're gonna be going next so you're basically effectively living on a train or living in a bus you know the majority of your trip here which is absurd which is absurd um, now if you've never been here before and, and no one's ever told you this it sounds reasonable I want to see as much as possible but that's not the definition of success 
in, in my opinion. No, definitely not. Definitely not, yeah. Um, and I've been there with that kind of mindset, mm -hmm. having the bucket list and having X amount of time and trying to do... You know, you've got your tick list that you've got to try and do, but it's definitely not the way to do it. Um, yeah, you evolve. A person evolves ideally. Yeah, you know? yeah, exactly. And I've been there myself. And, I mean, along the way, there's the staying at hostels aspect, which I stand behind that. That's super fun. And I've done that for years, and it is great. I went through Europe that way. At some point, you got to decide, are you there to stay at hostels and go and party at hostels and or get laid and drink beer and nothing wrong with any of that. Yeah, but if that's your goal, great. It, yeah, 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 yeah. You really want to make it, you know, something special. Because for, for me personally, I did the same thing and that got old. Mm. It, it comes to an end where you say, all right, cool, I'm sort of done, you know. It's, like, you might as well be in your backyard at home because at the end of the day, you're staying at the hostel, you're drinking, you're eating, you're going to sleep. You're waking up again, it's not really the location doesn't really vary. Right, going, right. You know, you're just going to a new to a new sort of accommodation. Right. Maybe the equivalent of like if you want to go to Mexico and stay at a Mexican resort where they all speak English and have Western food. What's the point of going to Mexico? Yeah. At that point. Yeah, I mean, and then you, you then you go back home, take some photos on the beach, and say, "Been to Mexico." Exactly. If that's what you want to do, more power to you. Okay. Yeah. 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 But we're just saying it's that's not the same as really living and breathing a place in an area. Yeah. Is that kind of the big the, idea? Taking in the culture, getting to know the people. You know. Mm -hmm. like, we're the only white guys here. Yeah. Let's just say. So anyway, what advice would you have for somebody if they have, let's say, two weeks, fourteen days in Vietnam? What would you tell them? I would say, I would say, cut it off to. Well, I'd consider Vietnam having three portions. Obviously, having the center or the central area, south and north. I'd probably do a little bit of research, but don't over-research it on what kind of things you like to do. If you like busy cities, probably split up Hanoi and Saigon for a week each. Um, if you like trekking and stuff, you probably want to go north of Hanoi. But the main point is to allocate uh, minimum minimum four to five days in one location, really. Because you're not going to really experience anything great in one to two days anywhere. Mm -hmm. um, I don't care who you are, you just can't. You can't. There's not enough time. You're sleeping for one third of the day, ideally. Commuting, etc., etc. All the necessities of daily activity. Mm -hmm. And then in that small period of time you got left, you're just trying to fill this, this, that bucket list we talk about in, which is not the right way to do it. So I'd say, if you're coming to Vietnam for 14 days, I say, pick two portions, and then in those portions, pick two cities where you're going to base yourself. That adjacent, you know? Yeah, 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 yeah whatever. Yeah. So whether it be south. South Vietnam side one for a week and you can still get a bit of done but probably the most important advice I'd say is leave close to 50% of that time where you have zero plan almost try and let yourself be bored as crazy as that sounds um, because the, that's when the strange things will happen when you get out of your comfort zone you'll meet new people you'll go to some birthday or wedding or the impromptu stuff the real memories uh, all the stuff I've planned on all the trips I've had to other countries, they have been probably the least memorable, ironically. Mm. And, the, and the best memories I've got are the ones where I've just been in weird situations where I've had no plan. So I'd say that especially applies to Vietnam and their culture because it's so welcoming and warm and, you know, anybody's your friend. It doesn't take a year to get to know somebody. It's like, I've met you just now, cool, come to my 
come to my house, come to my party, you're invited, yeah, you're part of the family yeah, now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So someone for, for someone traveling to Vietnam, I'd say let yourself uh, just chill in a place for, for at least half the time. Half the time. I'd say one city, no less than four days. And I know that seems mm. ridiculous, and you're going to go home and say, I only went to three cities in 14 days, and people will say, oh, you could have done... It's wrong. It's wrong. You can't do 10 cities in 14 days. You can't do nine cities or eight cities. No. It's just, it's not, you're not experiencing anything. Put that kind of traveling more down to words like stress, commuting, uh, chaos, over-organizing. I wouldn't say they're, I wouldn't say they're a perfect itinerary like people try to create. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, the people with less plans when they travel actually mm-hmm. ends up being the better, the better mm-hmm. experience in the end. Right. Actually, the idea of motorbiking Let's just kind of focus on that. Because, you've got time, it's a great option. Oh, that's a great option. But And a lot of people want to do that in Vietnam, and I really recommend it. I've done it three times, been across the country of Vietnam. It's awesome. Same advice, though. Don't be in a hurry. There's some people, yeah, there's some people who are like, oh, I can do 300 kilometers in a day, and that's uh, 1,000 kilometers away. I'll be there in three and a half you're days. A, you're putting like a mental burden on yourself having that mindset. You really are. You're beginning the day with saying, I've got to achieve this by the end of the day. It's no different from working back home in your home country. I've got to achieve this before I finish at 5 p.m. I've got to achieve 300 kilometers before 5 p.m. And then it doesn't really allow any time for stopping, meeting new people, random things to happen because you're trying to hit this, you know, this marker you've got. You know, that sort of uh, no, inhibits anything you or stranger exciting yeah happening. yeah yeah random yeah. yeah like as an example i was uh biking alone of course uh on one of my trips and i stopped for a coffee and this was middle of the country kwang ai kind of area but regardless i had some coffee with some people and they were super nice and they were just said uh would you like a beer great question <clears throat> yes fast forward three hours yeah i ended up eating with them i ended up staying with them the entire night they let the, they gave me a guest room and we became great friends the next day you know wave goodbye that kind of thing but i wasn't in a hurry i got nowhere to be you know i i don't have to be there by tomorrow so it was a beautiful experience but it was possible because i don't have this special hardcore time commitments with my friends on this latest trip, we planned like four or five days extra, just X Factor days, X Factor. Motorbike breaks down, meh. We're having fun in an area, meh. You know, we don't want to leave today, meh. We're too hungover, sure, whatever, pick your favorite. But by having like five extra cushion days on top of it, yeah, yeah, it took all the stress out of it. Now we're we're driving and uh, because it's fun, because we want to, not because we have to. You know, that kind of thing. Right. Yeah, yeah definitely. Now, when it comes to booking stuff in advance, would you say book half of it, or book a third of it, or none of it, or um, all of it? What would you say? Today, like, presently, I would say you can do everything on the run. It's just as convenient doing everything on the go. You might have a rough idea of where you want to go. Accommodation can be booked the day before. It's often cheaper. Transport. <laughs> booked a minute before. So there's two things you don't really need to plan for. Sightseeing, I would say probably not. It might be, it's helpful to do a bit of research before you go, but in terms of planning, don't plan. The best things I've ever seen were the things that I didn't even know about, you know? And that sort of makes it a strong reference to the internet. The internet skews people's uh, idea of traveling very strongly now in a negative way all of the time. And some of it's good, but 
like a few examples of sightseeing. Uh, where we live now, currently where the best sightseeing places on TripAdvisor. Um, yes, they're good and touristic, but they're definitely not my favourite by far in the city. Restaurants, uh, the best restaurants on TripAdvisor in my city are probably my least liked for many reasons. I mean, they're still fine, but one, they're overpriced. It's, a, it's like going to a Western restaurant, more or less back home. So once again, depends on what you're into, but uh, you're not gonna get really any sort of cultural or new experience if you do that. And you might as well just stay home. You're eating at a Western-style restaurant in a different country. It doesn't, steak there, it doesn't yeah. really count for much. It doesn't really count for much. And each to their own, if you like that, it's fine. That's cool. But for those people like wanting to, you know, like get, do something different. Like you need to, you do need to steer clear of that stuff. Mm -hmm. You know, and it's quite hard to, to it's a habit. It's like a really bad habit to pick up your phone and TripAdvisor everything. And I've done that a million times myself. But the, the less you do it, the better your travel experience gets for sure. Mm -hmm. For mm -hmm. sure. Well, in my own experience, I to to bring up an example mistake that I made recently. Oh, I'm about to go to Thailand. Well, I'm just going to pick the highest rated city with the most TripAdvisor results of some kind. Oh, Phuket, Thailand. That looks pretty happening. Five star everything. It was a disaster. I hated every moment of being there and I couldn't wait to leave. Uh, it's the whitest city I've ever... Uh, uh, salesmen everywhere, you know, and all of the, the, the bad aspects of Thailand were all there. Uh, you know, it, it was just awful. Overpriced. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, just, it was just awful. I didn't feel like I was in Thailand at all. I felt like I'm a consumer. People just look at me like, there's another rich white guy we could take advantage of or whatever. It, it was not Thailand at all. And it was a disaster. Then I realized in retrospect, oh, I found this because I went to TripAdvisor which is filled with Westerners that went to said place because go they figure. saw it on... Yeah, go yeah. figure. Yeah. So don't I, be surprised anymore. Right. right. If you go to the highest rated place on TripAdvisor, don't be surprised it's filled with white people. You know, and it's not actually Vietnam. Come on. Now, this place that we're... This restaurant right here is not on TripAdvisor, let's just say. Uh, but it is a beautiful Lotus restaurant here. Low prices, filled with Vietnamese people. Good everything. Nice neighborhood. That'll work. So, if you want to have a good experience, go where there is no TripAdvisor. You're going to be better off. I would say. That's yeah, a definitely. simple piece of advice. Definitely. Yeah. If, if they got TripAdvisor reviews, don't go. Right. <laughs> yeah. Pretty much. To some extent, yeah. Definitely. Mm -hmm. definitely. Packing. What would you say about that? Uh, minimal. Minimalist. I know that sounds broad, but uh, yeah, pack minimal. You're not going to use probably three quarters of what you take. And point two is that most of it's cheaper here just to buy on the run anyway. Yeah. When you need it, which is more often than not, you don't need it. Um, I was definitely, definitely like an overpacker. It's just a pain in the ass in the end. So you need clothes, you need the, the, the basics. Mm -hmm. And then after that, you don't need much more. If you do need to buy it, there's some more fun in the experience of buying it at some random place overseas. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, it sort of just continuously opens new doors. Whereas the people that bring seven seven uh, pieces of luggage and they've got every like they've taken half their house with them you know what I mean they're the kind of people that stay in the hotel for the for the 14 days they're in Vietnam as well yikes if you want to be mobile yeah and agile yeah yeah, yeah. yep yep, yeah, yep so with packing I just think pack the essentials it's really just going to be clothes really it can be purchased here for next to nothing peanuts it's just that there's no obstacles here with that kind of stuff so right yeah I got a buddy of mine when he travels he's an older guy 
a fanny pack. That's it. Do you need a toothbrush? Buy a toothbrush and throw it away. What are you talking about? 50 cents? I mean, come on now. Buy a shirt, wear it once, and throw it away. You re-wear it, whatever. Right? Wash it in the sink. But no matter what, he's just like, uh, ah, I don't bring any luggage ever. So that's kind of slick. Yeah, I would, yeah, I respect that for mm -hmm. for sure. And like having less with you, not just in terms of physical burden, like of having to lug a lot of shit with you, but it mitigates like a mental aspect. It, it, you feel like you're a bit more free. You're not always checking if you've got everything. You're not always packing and unpacking, and you know, make it just really. That's probably a bigger aspect for me. Mm. Just having less on me, I've got to take care of less, and you know, it makes the traveling much easier. I feel like mm -hmm. you've just got your body, your wallet, and your clothes. You're good to go. Whereas the other people have got their seven, you know, their seven, you know, they're always you're spending half their trip. They're losing even more time in the new country. Checking, unpacking, packing again, you know. Yeah, if you got nothing but a fanny pack, you're doing okay. Yeah. It's kind of hard to mess that up. Right. Let's shift gears for a second uh, to much better gear. Here's a deeper question. Now that you live here in Way City, how have you, how have you changed as a person? It's a very broad question. But how have you changed as a person in terms of either outlook, personality, goals, style, uh, what you enjoy, preferences? How have you changed over the last year or two, would you say? Jeez, how long have we got here? As long to, as you to, want. To congest it a little bit, the, probably big, the biggest factor is that, for me personally, the biggest commodity is time. It's, mm. not, it's definitely not income, it's time. Time by far. Um, obviously coming to a less developed country, quotation marks, but... I think they're more developed, but... Uh, yeah, exactly. how you look at it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, exactly, but they think we're crazy for coming here sometimes, so why would you come, come here when you come from such a good country? But just to have more free time in the day, just to... Here we are, cheers. To meet friends, to drink coffee, to follow something you're passionate about outside of work, that's probably a big factor. Um, so definitely the time factor. It's having like freedom, like like real freedom. I control my schedule 100%, 100%. I don't have anyone telling me after, I don't have anyone monitoring me, I don't have any of that kind of stuff. It's very, just get what you need to get done on time. And with that sort of mentality, it just, you end up wanting to do it. I don't think it's natural, or it's not in human nature for someone to say, you need to sit in this chair from nine till five. Like, it's just not a natural, you know, and no wonder we're going crazy at the moment. So here, I don't have that. So, uh, I don't know, just really appreciating free time more than I did back home. Because in the small amount of free time I had back in Australia, I didn't spend it wisely. Because I'm strung from the, strung from having so little free time, the little free time I do have, I end up doing something stupid or I just, you know, I waste it. And what's option two? You say, oh, I need a rest. I shouldn't go out and do anything because I've, you know, I've been working. It'd be a waste. That's not a good option either. It's a bad mentality to have. You know, you've got such little free time, and all you do is sleep to try and catch up from being overworked. Like it's like a vicious cycle in the end. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. I yes. know what you mean. I know so, what you mean. Yeah, mindset on time has changed. Um, mm -hmm. And I would echo that certainly. You yeah. Know? Yeah. Again, likewise, full control of everything I've got. You know, if I don't feel like working that day, like passionately do not want to work that day, I don't. 
of right. course, you know, I mean, and, and the world doesn't collapse. Nope. Uh, right. No one's mad. Right. You know? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. And if I want to get after it that day, cool. I don't know. Secondly, I'd probably like talk about vocation, career, and like mindset on that, having like a path and all that stuff. I think that's a bit of a bullshit, more or less, to be honest. Like, if you want to make things work, you can make them work. Like, coming here with a one-way ticket again, and I've got two jobs in two fields or industries that I have no experience in, but you make them work through networking, and you can learn on the go, and you can just make them work. There's no need to try and create a career path. Unless it's something you're really passionate about, go for it, but... More power to Yeah, of course, but like, if you want to make things work, you can. You know what I mean? Uh, if you really get after it, there's work, there's people that need your help, there's, you know, you just gotta, gotta keep, get out there and talk to the right people. Right, right. If you're if your passion is hotels, you know, in the tourism industry, you're gonna find work. If your passion is staying at hostels, you're gonna you can work at a hostel right right away. If your passion is tattoos, you're gonna figure that out. If your passion is teaching, you're gonna figure that out. Whatever you're passionate about, you can make it happen here in Vietnam, in my opinion. Right. I think it's Definitely. it's totally like a great market to be able to just figure out what you really like and there's probably a way to make money doing it yeah you could call it a 10-year career path if you want but you don't have to think that far ahead out here i don't think mm. you don't have to think about 10 years no, you, you, could think, don't. you don't you know like hey for six months i want to you know be the promo guy at a tattoo shop go ahead you're, you're probably going to figure that out yeah. you know if you want to work at a I, work at a hospital you could probably figure out how to do that yeah you know? and i'd love to have you is it the land of opportunity, yes or no? Or for what people is it opportunity and what people is uh, coming to Vietnam a terrible plan, um, career-wise? Uh, for those who are just financially motivated, probably don't come here. Um, for those who are motivated for every other good reason that there is, come here. There's certainly, and, uh, and, and not, not on the level of exploitation that a lot of people view this as. They're like, oh, Westerner can just walk in here and get a teaching job. It's, no, I'm not referring to that. I'm talking about if you want to change your way of life and change your way of thinking. That's the reason I'm here. I'm definitely not here for any financial gain or anything like that. That's the lowest thing on my list. But uh, the longer you live here, the less you care about that. Really. I mean, everybody's got to eat, everybody's going to make a buck to survive, but... Yeah. Make it down. Yeah, it's, it's number one. It's number one back home for everybody. It's first mm -hmm. and foremost. I, once I figured out that if I got a thousand bucks a month, let's just say, I'm satisfied. If I have two thousand or five thousand or twenty thousand a month, my lifestyle does not change. I don't change my brand of beer. I don't change my morning breakfast. I don't change a thing. In other words, if I got a thousand bucks a month, I am perfect. You know, I'm yeah, smiling, dude. Yeah. I don't need more than that. Yeah, I mean, no, I won't I turn it down, but I don't need it. So once you got that yeah, in your you mind, you don't need it. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah. Almost, and also, you sort of like appreciate everything more. I don't know. I look back, being 26 now. I look back, and the times when I was the poorest and I had the least money have always been the time I was happiest. Times when I had the least money in my life have always been the times I was happiest. Funny how that goes. Because you really appreciate every buck you've, had, you've got. But when you, if you say you're making 20k a month, what the do with it? I was happy with one. Yep. Maybe another way of putting the same idea. Feeling like instead of having to follow the career path and follow this and that, for that matter, instead of just having one job, 
I don't need to have just have one job with one company in one place at one geographical location. I could have five jobs. I mean, I kind of do as we speak, you know? Hey, that's yeah. kind of nice. Yeah. And if um, out of the five different ways that I've got to make money, if I don't like a couple of them, nah. Well, how many set hours do you have again? Zero. How many contracts do you have? None. How many bosses do you have? None. Who controls your schedule? Me. 100%. 100%. Yeah. I don't work Sunday. No. Who controls uh, how much money you make? I do. Yep. I could certainly pull in two grand a month if I wanted if to. You want, if yeah, you want. yeah, yeah, yeah. But you know, that means I would have to drink less and have less free time, and you know, maybe work. God forbid, forty hours a week. I mean, <laughs> nonsense. Yeah. <laughs> nonsense. Yeah. But anyway, okay. When you wake up in the morning, what do you think about? When you wake up in the morning, do you think about? Damn it, I gotta go to work today. Damn it, how much vacation time I have. Damn it, my 401k. Damn it, what projects do I got going on at work? And you know, the working projects are great and all, but if your life is consumed by that item only, it's gonna force your mind into a small box. You know, smaller than it could be. Once you're free from that idea, which is to say, once you don't really have to worry so much about where your money's coming from and this and that and you just know that you've got the freedom to do whatever you want and you're working any given job, task, company, doing whatever you're doing while here, deliberately. I think there's a missing word. Deliberately. Yeah, yeah. You deliberately choose it. Yeah. That's freedom. Yeah, definitely. Cool, sure. What about your uh, perspective with people? What I mean is... Uh, how do you, is that change? Like the way you view people, whether that's relationships, whether that's romantic relationships, business relationships, friendships, you know, how has that changed from, let's say, five years ago till now? Even just one or two years ago, I think definitely living here, you, back, you drop your barriers a lot more. As in, I'll, I'll talk to anybody, any Joe Blow on the street, whether it be the man in the Mercedes or the bum. Uh, or just anybody, the man with no money, just dropping that sort of barrier of just being able to talk to anybody and just talk to them about anything um, definitely changed for me. Whereas we just have this like, I don't want to say rat race because it's too corny, but we do have that. We just don't have time to talk to random people back home. You don't have time, you don't have enough time for your own friends back in our countries, let alone people you don't know. Whereas here, you know, it's just much more open. It's much more open um, to that. So definitely more open to meeting new random people. Ah, and more often than not, they're friendly. They want to help you. They want to meet you. They want to talk to you. They can use your, they can use your help for some reason. A lot of the time, it's much easier to network with that kind of mindset. Much easier. if you're not talking to anybody new, how do you network? With all this bullshit Western culture to do with networking. In Vietnam, it happens naturally. You take courses back home to do networking to figure out how to network better. Just come to Vietnam. This is my networking plan. Yeah, come, yeah, come to Vietnam and you drink you'll beer come with people. The right people. It'll be fine. Yeah, yeah. you'll come yeah. across someone who needs your help. There's a job opportunity. You'll come across someone who owns a business that is something you're passionate about. There's another job opportunity. You can learn from them, you know, or mm -hmm. anything, you know, or just a good friend. It's just that uh, completely different from what we know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I would say that exactly for sure, yeah. for sure. And actually, that's uh, one big thing I wanted to point out with regards to people. There's a little secret of Vietnam for y'all. Doesn't matter what your goals are. If you just go around and meet a ton of people, you're gonna be fine. For example, if you 
want to work at a hospital in Vietnam. Don't waste all your time sitting there looking at websites and looking at things online and you know trying to join form. No, 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 no. Physically, go to the hospital. Go to the coffee shop next to the hospital. There's going to be a boatload of doctors and nurses. You know, meet those people that are volunteering at the hospital. Go in there, just walk into the front desk and say hello to the gal that's working there and hand her a business card. I, just, just meet the people. If you meet 100 people related to the hospital, you're guaranteed, guaranteed to have a job. Someone's going to know something about something. Yeah. Someone's going to need you to do something. Someone's going to have a job waiting for you, is going to have an idea for you, going to be able to help you. Just, just If you just meet people, you win. That's it. It's that simple in my opinion. Yeah. That's how you found your job at the hotel. It's just, you just meet people and hang out and drink yeah, beer. Yeah, yeah. and Pretty much. Pretty much within it's seven just, days. It's as simple as that, yeah. Yeah. I have more friends in Vietnam than I do back in America. Easy. Probably by a factor of three. Three times as many friends in Vietnam as America. The amount of years you've been living in each country. Oh, gosh, so that, dude. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Do the math. Well, my best friends uh, in America, sure, I might see them ten times a year. If you're lucky. If you're lucky. Yeah. Sometimes two. But here, like, 50 times a year. Ten, 100 times a year, every few days. What the hell? So anyway... It's a lot of changes, you know, from there to here. But, yeah, but anyway, Jeez. cheers, Sam. Come to Vietnam, y'all. Right. Let it. The Vietnamese have an expression, "Hum There's nothing more precious than time. So I want to really thank you so much for yours. I'll keep doing my best to give you the highest quality and most useful podcasts I can and really make it worth your time. Check out my website if you'd like to learn more. I've got a lot of useful stuff on there for you, especially if you're actually looking at moving to Vietnam specifically, you want to learn Vietnamese or working independently here in Asia. If you like what you heard, you can look forward to episode four, another sit down with Sam the value of the local language. In the meantime, stay radical.